Good morning. Scripture reading uh, is several excerpts from John 13 and 15. They're printed in your bulletin. We'll be starting in John chapter 13. That's page 763 if you're using a pew Bible. John 13, 1 through 5. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. In verse 21, After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me. Then verse 36, Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't we follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? I tell you the truth, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Then in chapter 15, verse 12, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. This is the word of the Lord. I always tell my ministerial students a rule of thumb for any preacher. If you're going to tell a story about a family member, especially your son or daughter or both of them, you should get permission beforehand. And let them know. I sort of forgot. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a story about it. I'm sorry. Uh, We're beginning this new series of this Lenten series. If you were at Ash Wednesday the other night, great service that Keith put together, getting us ready for this. And as you know, Lent is a time when you can give up something that you're called to do that, to, to sacrifice a bit, and it's a part of the contemplation of your own sin and brokenness. And it reminded me of a number of years ago, um, we were coming back from, and Deanna corrected me, it was from Fairhope, Alabama. Uh, we had been to the Fairhope Mardi Gras there, and uh, Hannah was about seven, Nick was about five at the time, and uh, we were heading back, and Hannah is the oldest child, as many of you know. She's the principled one. And she just does things right and sticks to things, is loyal, all that. And uh, she had decided to give up something for Lent. And she decided, lo and behold, to give up sweets, anything sugary, right? 
She said, I'm going to give that up for Lent. Um, Nick at the time was unaware of what all this meant, which, which is what, uh, where we're going with this. But I remember we were going through a drive-in down there near Fairhope, and it was a torrential rain outside. It was very frustrating. I remember there were, we were going through McDonald's. There were about 10 cars in front of us. It was just plodding along. And I remember you know, taking the, the window down, and I mean, the, the, the rain was just coming in on me. Uh, I remember having an umbrella to try to stave it off while I'm holding it out there, trying to order the food and everything. And uh, Hannah is sitting in the back of the old minivan, and she's, she is sure to say, I want water. I want water. Uh, no sweets, right? Nothing sweet, nothing sugary. And so we get our meal. I'm drenched, you know, close the window and everything. We're heading back home now, you know, after a long and kind of exhausting weekend. And we start up the road, and I hear from the back, Daddy! Yeah, what, sweetie? This is Sprite. Yeah, oh, okay, don't you like Sprite? Yes, okay. But it's, it's supposed to be water. And I'm like, it's okay. I know, but I gave up sweets for Lent. I gave up sugar for Lent. Oh, and man, I'm tired. You know, God's going to understand, you know, but I didn't say that. <laughs> um, I'm like, sweetie, and as you know, she owns me. And so I was like, okay, we circle around. Wait 10 more cars, you know, here we go. And we got her water, and we started heading on our way, and things were great. Nick wanted to know what this was all about. He was like, Mom, what does this mean to give up something for Lent? And Deanna, who's sitting in the passenger side, you know, gives this wonderful explanation of what it means to give up something for Lent. And she made sure to say it's something very special to you. Uh, time out, by, by, by the way, uh, Nick, big time, he's more the free spirit of the two, and he has a ridiculous sweet tooth, enough said. So Deanna's sitting there saying, you know, something that you really like, you give up for 40 days. Like Hannah gave up sweets, you know, she gave up sweets. So, you know, maybe you could give up something, maybe sweets for 40 days. Uh, what do you think you might give up, Nicholas? <laughs> and, and, you know, I kept looking in the rear view. I, did, I thought, I got to watch this because he was very uncomfortable, very awkward at that point. And Deanna was look, you know, pulled it down, had a mirror there, we were looking back, and he goes, uh, uh, she, you know, do you want to give up something, Nick? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, okay, well, what do you think you want to give up? You know, Hannah gave up sweets. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give up, um, you know, he, he was torn, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm going to give up, because he has a conscience most of the time, and, you know, I'm going to give up. There was this long pause, and he said, looking at the moon. <laughs> what? <laughs> True. But then he added, remember he added one more, right, Deanna? He said, well, okay, I'll do that, because he realized that's not really much. you know." And so he said, okay, I'll do that, and uh, I'll give up smelling flowers. That's what he said. It was like, there you go. He, he's always a self-sacrificing guy. Um, but when it comes to Lent, that's why we do that, in a sense, to, to, uh, uh, to sacrifice something that really places us more in touch with our humanity, with our sinfulness, to contemplate that, to reflect upon that. But it's important to keep in mind that when it comes to Lent, we, don't, we not only give up one thing, we should even do something all the more, which is to give in to something. We don't just give up something, we should give in to something, and we should give in completely to our penitence. We should surrender ourselves over completely to our sin, surrender ourselves to our brokenness, and surrender that over to Jesus. That's really what the season of Lent is about. 
we committed ourselves to that last Wednesday at that Ash Wednesday service. It's a moment where we begin to recognize and contemplate our own sin, that which brought Christ all the way to the cross for you and for me. And if we do repent, leads us to restored relationship, which brings us to the first major event in those last 24 hours of Jesus' life, which is the Last Supper. And this supper really does remind us of how low you and I can, can stoop because you see how low, lowly the disciples stooped. Here they are at the Last Supper, and, and it's the Passover meal which had a particular meaning which Jesus gave new meaning to. And think about it. They're at this moment, and Jesus says, one of you will betray me. Who is, who is that? Judas. One of you will deny me. Peter, and Peter actually denies the denial and says, you know, I would never do that to you, Jesus. I would never do that. And finally he says, all of you will desert me. All of you will desert me. And they're just nonplussed. They can't believe it at this point. And yet, as you well know, the biblical record indicates they did just that. Betrayal, denial, desertion. But what's amazing is to notice what Jesus does in the midst of that supper and immediately following. He knows that these closest friends of his are going to do these things, and yet what does he do? First of all, he serves them the Passover meal, but gives it a whole new meaning that they will remember and cherish for the rest of their lives. And then what does he do after that? The Gospel of John tells us that Jesus took a towel, wrapped it around his waist, and what did he do? Washed the disciples' feet as an act of servitude. These deniers, these betrayers, these deserters, those who were about to abandon him. And even beyond that, you go to John chapter 15, which Randy read, at his farewell speech to them, as they're getting ready to head out, he says what? I have called you servants, but I no longer call you servants. I now call you what? Friends. I call you friends. Friends who are soon to betray me. Friends who are soon to deny me. Friends who will give up on me and desert me. But nevertheless, he serves them. He calls them friends. He gives them this meal to remember him by. And that leads to you and to me. Because he shows the same love and grace and friendship to you and me. Though you and I are deniers of him along the way. We've betrayed him along the way, and sometimes we even desert him. So before we partake of this meal, I'd like for us to to enter into a discipline of meditation. So if you would bow your heads and close your eyes, I think it would be important, especially in this season at this time, to have a moment of confession before we partake of this meal. First of all, confess to Jesus that you have denied him. That somewhere in the near past or distant past, there might have been a time where you could have taken a stand for him, spoken up for him, but you did not for whatever reason. Fear of rejection, pride, image consciousness, whatever it is. You denied him by how you were not speaking on his behalf. Or maybe you were denying him by how you were living, how you were behaving, how you were thinking, what you were saying. So confess to him now that you have denied him.
it might not be so much that you have denied him, but let's go to a second confession. Confess to him that in some way, likely in the recent past, you have deserted him. Maybe you have wandered far from him. He's back off in the distance somewhere. Maybe your spiritual life is tepid and lifeless at this moment. It it doesn't breathe life. It's kind of flat. Or maybe you believe in him, but, but again, he feels so far away because of how you have moved from him. And he's always making the first move toward you. You just simply need to open yourself to him. Will you confess now that you have been a deserter of him, your friend? Confess to him that you've deserted him. finally, maybe the most difficult one of all, confess that you have betrayed him. Whether it's something you have done recently, something you've said, maybe some thought that just shows utter disregard for him, what he expects of you. And understand that it's something that wounds him, grieves him, disappoints him. Confess your betrayal. And yet there is the gospel that nevertheless, in spite of ourselves, he continues to love us, to be our friend, to be our servant, to have died for us, and to continue to love us with that dying love. So take a moment and give thanks for his undying love for you. Lord, this hour and in the days to come, may we surrender all of ourselves over to you, not merely give up one act, but to give in to our brokenness, give in to our sinfulness, and then give it over to you. Help us to acknowledge it, contemplate it, reflect upon it, and surrender it over to you. Thank you for your grace, your unending love, your boundless care for us. May we celebrate that now as we enter into your meal. We pray these things in your name. Amen.